The first thing is First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. So, Renee, this Michigan sign-stealing saga has taken a hilarious turn. Just when I thought I was done with it, something else comes up that just makes me say, no way that's real. There is no way. I'm reading The Onion. This is like a Saturday Night Live skit. (laughs) It really is. So Central Michigan University now is looking into whether or not former Michigan staffer Connor Stallions, uh, uh, who I think is the fall guy in these sign-stealing accusations, they're looking into whether or not he was on their sideline against Michigan State in the season opener. Because photos of a man who appeared to be Connor Stallions wearing Central Michigan gear, dark sunglasses, and a hat have begun circulating, causing Central to open up the investigation. The man believed to be Stallions was wearing a credential that said VB, which stands for Visiting Bench. And I love this story, Renee, because it reads like a good old-fashioned Zach Morris caper. (laughs) Saved by the bell. Yeah, like Jim Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is uh, Zach. Connor Stallions was Screech doing the dirty work. So if someone gets busted, it's not going to get it's not going to come back to the big guy at the top. I just saw the footage of this on TV a few minutes ago for the first time. It's a night game. Right. Exactly. Why is he wearing dark sunglasses? Well, and you know, the only thing that's missing in all this, right, Renee? What's that? Is a fake little mustache. But he has a mustache. Yeah, right. Well, at least he grew that. You know what, though, would be great? If after the game, he took off the hat and the sunglasses and he just peeled the mustache off. Right. Or he's like, or like the old Groucho Marx, the, the glasses that it's come with connected. the nose. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. I... Anyway, uh, the, the first college football rankings, they came out yesterday. Michigan is the number three seed behind Ohio State, Georgia, and one spot ahead of Florida State. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I think uh, at, at this point, if these are true, um, Jim Harbaugh is just, just a man above the law. He's a renegade with nothing to lose, obviously. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Dana Nessel's seven-year investigation into the Flint water crisis is now closed without a criminal prosecution after the state Supreme Court rejected an appeal to revive criminal charges against former Governor Rick Snyder. Nestle's Flint prosecution team, led by Chief Deputy Attorney General Fadwa Hamoud and Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy, said they would release a full report in 2024. Uh, now, Dana Nessel tried to bring charges against nine individuals in connection with the Flint water crisis, but they were thrown out by the Michigan Supreme Court because the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that the use of a one-man grand jury system was not authorized under the law. And, Renee, to me, the fact that the Flint water crisis has come and gone without anybody going to jail is mind-blowing. I remember when this story hit, there were so many people you thought were going to go to jail, and they've all skated um, uh, for one reason or another. This is just unbelievable. How many people got sick from this? How many people died? Legionnaire's disease? I mean... People were getting Legionnaire's disease from this. That's something that I, I didn't think would ever be a thing again. And one of the... Um, one of the whistleblowers, pediatrician Dr. Mona Hanna-Tisha, said that we won't know the full effects of the Flint water crisis uh, 
for for decades because you know there there's going to be kids who have developmental problems because of all the 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 lead in the water that they drink and to be honest i feel like dana nessel really screwed this up you know she she came in she wanted to go after the big dog who is governor rick snyder so what she did is she essentially threw out all the work that former attorney general bill shooty did with his team of todd flood and andy arena and now every and now everybody's skating. But I do remember I, I, I do remember just how damaging this was to um, former Governor Rick Snyder. This was this happened. Oh, well, it started back in like April of 2024, but it didn't blow up until 20, 2015. I'm sorry. It, it started in April of 2014, not 2024. It's not going to happen in the future. Hopefully not. Uh they switched they they th- this thing started brewing in April of 2014 but it didn't blow up till 2015 but at the end of Snyder's first term people were talking about him for maybe a presidential run uh, yeah i remember that because he guided detroit through the biggest municipal bankruptcy of all time it emerged um it was handed back over to mike duggan and city leadership and and then the Flint water crisis happened, and people were talking about jail time for him. Yeah, my girlfriend was working in Flint at DHHS, and she was like, this is this is going to be really bad. Yeah. Renee, this is bad. I remember her talking about that, and I was like, are you sure about this? She's like, a lot of people are going to be very sick when this comes out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the way she explained it to me, the simplest form was, there's a lot of people that have hot water heaters, and it's a big, dirty glass. And they are all going to need a new clean glass. Right. And you and by the keep way, drinking out of that dirty glass. Right. By the way, the glass is the uh, service lines leading in their house, and the new glass is going to cost them tens of thousands exactly, of dollars. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, wow, I just can't believe this. And it's just done now. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Right. Because Dana Nessel essentially started over. And I mean, just imagine, I mean, just imagine living through this as a resident of Flint. It's an impoverished area, so it's not like you have the money to move. Right. You had been drinking contaminated water for God knows how long. Now you're standing in line for bottled water. Yep. Now you're standing in line for water filters. And then, oh, by the way, the world's not watching anymore, so that free help's not available to right. you. And you're still you're still dealing with, 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 with lead in your water. And now that hell that you lived through has just been dismissed. Right. And as far as I know, I, I do believe that most of the infrastructure has been updated. But the, these, the, the people of Flint had their lives completely upended for how many years? Right, years. And like you said, now nobody's nobody's facing accountability right. for it. It's it, it's nuts. Um, so a group of forty eight senators sent a letter to the Biden administration urging officials to require federally regulated insurance companies. To completely cover over-the-counter counter birth control pills, uh, which the FDA approved earlier this year. Seven states have laws that require over-the-counter birth control to be covered by insurance, but these 48 senators want it to be covered nationwide. It's a bit unconventional to have over-the-counter medication covered by insurance, but to me this seems like a slam dunk. I'm not familiar with this particular type of birth control that they want to cover. Yeah, the O-pill. And as a man, I'm probably even less familiar with Yeah, that. so, you know, as a woman, I'm familiar with a lot of different types of birth control. This one, I, I have not heard of. I'm a little confused on how it works because I know you have to see your lady doctor uh, to get the right 
type. Right. So this over-the-counter thing, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully people at least consult with their doctor right. before because I know that... Um, That's my concern. It could seem a little reckless. Yeah, because, I mean, birth control affects people's bodies differently. It's a hormone. Right. Um, but, you know, if you are cleared for use of it... I think that, number one, birth control is used for a number of medical reasons aside from birth yeah. control. There's some people on it who are who are on it for uh, medical reasons uh, that have nothing to do with sure. contraceptive. Uh, to me, I, I think more access to birth control would cause a decrease in abortions and unwanted pregnancies, which sure. I think would appeal to Republicans. I don't know what the opposition would be. Would it be money? I mean, I would think a birth control pill would probably cost the taxpayers a lot less than a unwanted pregnancy that's carried to term and then putting a child into the system. Yeah, I, I would need to learn more about this before. Uh, I, I just need to learn more about yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> understandable, understandable. And uh, on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> so what, it, it appears... Appears Viagra is a wonder drug with a lot of benefits, but of course, of course, we just focus on the one benefit, I know, right? Right, right, exactly. I, I think I want to start taking Viagra because it does sound like a wonder drug. <laughs> sure. uh, Go for it. You know, let's do an experiment. You take Viagra, I'll take birth control. I, See what happens. It could be fun. Uh, according to a new study, Viagra could cut the risk of Alzheimer's disease by 60%. Researchers from Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York found that Viagra, a drug most commonly used to treat ED, D blocks an enzyme found in the brains of those who suffer from the disease. The little blue pill also increases blood supply, as we all know, uh-huh. uh, which is considered to, no, don't answer that. <laughs> to improve brain health and even potentially treat dementia. A study released in January also found that Viagra lowers the risk of heart disease in men by up to 39%, and it even helps reduce the risk of early death. Men who use the drugs also had a longer lifespan on average. Throughout the duration of this study period, their risk of early death, uh, death dropped by 25%. And they die the with hubby a- on this tomorrow. <laughs> and they die with a smile on yes, their face. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But, th- I mean, that's pretty significant numbers across the board. I mean, it's, right. uh, joking aside, it sounds like a wonder pill in, in a lot of areas. You know what I, I love about our healthcare system is Viagra was supposed to be a pill for um, heart disease, which right, it is used to... it gets the blood flow going. Right. And then they're like, whoa, look at this side effect. <laughs> we can make a lot more money with this than your stupid heart health. Yeah, scratch the heart. Forget it. <laughs> and, and this is risky to do at work. I just Googled uses for Viagra. Oh, great. Now you're going to have to do some kind of weird training to get off here. <laughs> exactly. Good job, Michael. Mike, we've noticed some concerning um, <laughs> internet search history. But yeah, it says po- it, 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 it also helps with pulmonary arterial hypertension motion sickness oh i didn't know that heart, oh that's good yeah because yeah. R- r- <laughs> it might increase the motion of the ocean <laughs> and heart disease so you know god bless us though you know we have this wonder pill and all we talk about is 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 is, is its side effect but look at viagra what a time to be alive for you men good, good for, for you, you viagra yeah and you know what i'm sure a lot more insurances cover Viagra than than over the counter birth control. That's Actually, right. no, birth, birth control is pretty pretty well yeah, covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I still would imagine there's more Viagra covered by insurance <laughs> than birth control. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Halloween's over. <sighs> that it is. It's Christmas time, Renee. Woo!
stop it. You stop it. The skeletons are still out, even though they're covered with snow. I, I was going to say, even Mother Nature said, okay, it's uh, Halloween's over. It's Christmas time. Jeez, those poor little ghosts and goblins were freezing their tails off last night. You know what, though? We're used to it. We really are. I, I, <laughs> I nary remember a Halloween when I was a kid that my mom did not make me wear, like, my jacket either over or underneath my costume. I felt like I was more generous with the candy because I felt so bad for them yesterday. Here's some gloves and mittens for you, kids. <laughs> Is that how I sound? Don't egg my house. I don't know why that's my impression of you. It's fine. I'll go with it. <laughs> how was the turnout at your house? It was pretty decent considering. I felt bad. I felt like uh, the older kids came out later. Uh, knowing that the younger kids probably uh, gave up. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was very strategic on their part. Now, do you offer candy to the parents coming around as well? I usually hand out shots. I sit out wow. there with a fireball, but uh, that did not happen this year. Sorry, parents. Yeah. Well, you probably... You probably needed to keep warm, but the fireball uh, probably would have come in more handy this year than past years. It probably years. would have. I sat very cozy in my house with a glass of wine. Yeah, and we kind of cheated this year. It was about it was about 7.45, and we had a couple stragglers, but then we looked down, and we have had about five pieces of candy left, and we said, you want to... Uh, you want to shut the light off here and keep this candy for oh, us? Oh, look so. at you. So sorry, so kids. So rebellious. That's all right. It, 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 it's streaky in my neighborhood at best. Uh, all right. So uh, enough fun and frivolity, Renee. Uh, the world is, uh, the, the, the news is a bummer all yeah. over the place. Yesterday, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin they testified in front of the Senate Appropriations Committee yesterday lobbying for a $150 billion aid package for wow. both Ukraine and Israel. Now, overall, um, it had wide support among Democrats and most Republicans. The hard-right Republicans, they're calling for a separation of Ukraine and Israel aid, saying the two should not be tied together. $61 billion of this would go to Ukraine. The hearing was interrupted a number of times by pro-Palestinian protesters calling for a ceasefire. And then the House Republicans did what the House Republicans uh, do and complicated things by saying that they only want to send funding to Israel, $14.3 billion, and take that from the IRS. And I agree and I disagree with the far-right Republicans. I I don't see how how both Israel and Ukraine are directly related. I can see how they're loosely related. But we can't stop sending funding to Ukraine because if Russia runs over Ukraine, then you got Poland. Poland's a NATO country. If NATO if a NATO country gets involved, the the United States have to get has to get involved. So now instead of just sending money over there, now we're sending our kids. Right. They're saying it's not just all war money. It's not just war money that's in one pile. You can't just put it in a pool. Yeah, and, and I agree. I think the two should be separate, and I think that you should be able to add or subtract aid to to either fronts. But I don't. Know. I, I think defunding Ukraine and not sending aid to Ukraine is a bad idea because right now we're just sending money. If they take over, uh, if Russia takes over Ukraine and goes after Poland, then we're sending money and troops, and then. There was a second hearing yesterday. I, I guess uh, I, I guess Capitol Hill hates Halloween because it wasn't Halloween yesterday. It was hearing day. FBI Director Chris Ray, he said that at one of his hearings, 
that terrorist attacks inspired by Israel-Hamas war here at home are the biggest threats to our security. So um, uh, some some cheer to start our, our holiday season here, Renee. And uh, um, the fighting over in Gaza seems to be getting worse. Yeah, a barrage of Israeli airstrikes leveled apartment buildings in a refugee camp near Gaza City on Tuesday. And footage showed rescuers pulling men, women, and children out of the rubble. Israel said the strike destroyed a Hamas command center set up in a civilian houses and network of tunnels underneath. The toll from the strikes was not immediately known. The Israeli military said a large number of Hamas militants were killed, including the commander overseeing their operations in northern Gaza. The strike underlined the anticipated surge in casualties on both sides as Israeli troops battling Hamas militants advanced deeper into the northern Gaza Strip toward dense residential neighborhoods. Israel said two of its soldiers were killed in fighting in northern Gaza. The military, uh, excuse me, the first military deaths it reported since the ground offensive into the tiny Mediterranean territory accelerated late last week. Yeah, and um, Israel actually has come out and taken responsibility for the attack on the refugee camp. And on one hand, you know, at what point are too many civilians, too many civilians to put at risk to go after one of the one of the heads of Hamas? But on the other hand, that's part of Hamas's strategy. Hamas, they, they, they hide amongst the civilians. They build their command post underneath hospitals and schools. Which that has been a big part of their, right. their strategy. And those things are, are, are off limits in war, but they're using it to their advantage. So it's, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, it, these, these images of these kids, these images of these civilians who are getting caught in the crossfire it's absolute hell over there and and it's 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 heartbreaking and obviously you don't know what the right answer is right um four us bases now have been reportedly attacked by iran backed militant rocket and drone attacks in both iraq and syria um an arrest has been made in connection with uh heinous anti-semitic threats against students at cornell university and a little good news uh, the Egypt border seems to be reopening again, at least for now, for humanitarian aid. And hopefully some of these civilians can can leave because there's 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 civilians out there who want nothing to do with Hamas. You got our hostages. You got Americans out of there. And uh, right now, essentially, they're going through the same thing as the Hamas terrorists are um, all the bombing, all the shelling. And, and you definitely want to get the innocent people out of there. Yeah. Um, so the Oxford School District has responded to the guidepost report by saying that they'll respond later after they read and process it, which uh, is pretty much par for the course. They've sure. they've they've been they've been clamming up at the advice of their um, lawyers. But the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office suggests that the Oxford High School shooter's mom may turn on her husband in their upcoming trial for their involvement in the Oxford High School shooting. Yeah, this is interesting. It really is. And the couple's defense attorney says this is not true and that the prosecution is trying to create a rift between the defendants. The mother's defense filed an emergency motion on Friday asking the court to order the prosecution to privately disclose to the def- uh, defense any specifics that lead them to believe the couple may turn on each other they're facing multiple manslaughter charges trial is set for late january i guess there were some uh jailhouse correspondence that uh 
um, could be interpreted that way. But this is interesting because I could see these people turning on each other. They have separate attorneys. Do they see? I could. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, which I I want to know. I would like to speak to an attorney. Is that normal to have separate attorneys? I would think so. I would think it would be more abnormal for them to have the same attorney. I guess. Yeah, because they're both facing charges. Um, but this could also just be a strategy by the prosecution to get them to turn on each other, sort of like a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to see what if their stories gel. Right. That's yeah, that's a good point, you know, because, um, you know, it it could the the father could say, oh, she's lying about this. The mother could say he's lying about that. Yeah, because already their stories aren't adding up from what we've heard. Yeah. And it sounded like the marriage, the marriage and the family itself was in shambles before this this even happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So Selfridge Air Base has gone after a a number of fighter uh, pilots. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a number of, of fighter aircrafts Jets. in the in the past hasn't really panned out, but they're trying again. Yeah, so some Michigan lawmakers in Congress are urging the U.S. Air Force to buy more of the new F-15EX Eagle II firefighter aircraft in the future years to boost the chances of them possibly being sent to Selfridge Air National Guard Base in Macomb County. Now, Michigan officials have increasingly zeroed in on these, which are still being built as the most desired firefighter platform, potentially to replace the aging A-10 Warthog uh, squadron at Selfridge, though landing the new jets in Michigan's not guaranteed. A lot of people want these because they're like the future, right? Um, and these things are not cheap. They cost ninety-five million to a hundred million dollars a piece. But you know, Mark Hackle really wants these things because it's going to secure the future of Selfridge right. and you know the economy that goes around that area as well. And this would right. be huge for us to get these. And that's why in the past they've 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 tried to lobby housing uh, all these other fighter jets at Selfridge and have been unsuccessful because you're absolutely right. You know, once the A-10 Warthogs are retired and, you know, we we're, we don't have any other aircrafts to, to service or to house, uh, the base could shut down. Well, and the A-10s can be gone as soon as 2027, and these things could secure 5,000 jobs at Selfridge alone. Right, which, I mean, 5,000 jobs, like you said, I mean, over there at M fifty nine and ninety four, there you know there 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 there's a whole big, um, you know, suburban sprawl boom that popped up that's probably supported by the the air base. Plus five thousand jobs leaving the area would be uh, would be devastating. I used to do uh, marketing for Macri Harbor, which is right over there, and I'll tell you the impact that that military base has in that little area. It's just crazy. We need to have those. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, kudos to Mark Hackle. He's, you know, he's lost a contract or two, but he keeps trying and yes, and, does. and hopefully he lands something because I think he understands as well as anyone else that uh, Selfridge is imperative to the economy of Macomb County. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And we are wrapping up first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, heading into JR morning and Guy... Lloyd, Jamie, Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Honest oh, no. to goodness. Coming down Lhasa Road this morning, November 1st, there's a guy that's already got, I mean, like you could land a plane. Wow. No way. Based on his Christmas uh-uh. lights. 
So does that mean that he put them up early, or was he up all night? Or that he didn't take them down from last Christmas, right, yeah. he just hadn't flipped the switch. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I tried that this year, actually. I was able to get to March until my wife finally said, we got to take these down. I said, no, just keep them off. We're going to put them back up anyway. But uh, that, that did not fly. Might be genius. I don't know. So yeah. how, how much snow did you guys get down where you are? You know, I got. I woke up. There was a little dusting. It did take me aback a little bit because uh, there definitely were some flurries flying. And actually, Kim Adams had a great stat yesterday. I think she put up a graphic that said actually seven, seven or eight of the last ten Halloweens we got snow. I saw that. Wow. And you know, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't. I don't remember that. I don't. At least that. not last year. I remember it was cold nice. and maybe some rain. Is that perhaps because it was so traumatic that you, you <laughs> scrubbed yeah, it from your it memory? Out. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's almost like we can count on uh, snow more on Halloween than Christmas. Well, lately, yeah. yeah. The past few years, it's been like that, you know. it's uh, It snows anytime my daughter-in-law comes from California. Oh, really? Yeah, she just brings stuff with her. Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> because we've been trying to convince her what a wonderful state Michigan is. Every time she come here, comes here, there's, there's a weather calamity of yeah. some it's, kind. It's waiting for her. It's like... <laughs> yeah, we call her Hurricane Amaya. Yeah. Um, it's just... Well, if, and and the good news is if you're listening to us right now, you have survived the first two of three days of farm Farmageddon, which uh, it was supposedly this, this big walkout by pharmacy workers at CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid. Um, have we seen that locally, though? I mean, that was I, my, keep, that I was... keep checking social media and elsewhere for people saying I, haven't. I couldn't get. No, I haven't either. I, have no, I mean, I was, at, I was yeah. at CVS and Rite Aid. Uh, the past two days, and everybody, all my regular folks were there. Yeah, I was in CVS and uh, Walgreens. My yeah. regular people were there. Yeah, yeah. So is this a is this a media myth? I mean, unless it's happening elsewhere, but yeah, I, I'm sure what they did is they probably picked up on a couple of places. I, I did read it was a big deal in New York. Makes sense. If it would be New York or California is yeah. probably where this would catch up. I do like the hashtag hashtag Pizza's not working. Um, in reference to um, the these big corporations throwing pizza parties instead of giving raises, but essentially, <laughs> essentially they're not looking for raises. They're they're looking for uh, more conditions. Yeah, more people. And, and yeah, you know, guy, to your point, I haven't seen it. I was at both Target, which is a CVS pharmacy, and Rite Aid yesterday was fully staffed. They do have a point though because. We're supposed to have the best healthcare system in the world. So why in the year of our Lord 2023 do do pharmacies shut down an hour in the middle of the day for lunch? Staff enough people so that, that you can stagger your lunch breaks and stay open. Or or don't open until 10 on Saturday. Right. So, that's exactly. crazy. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm glad this hasn't take t- taken off. I mean, I I do think pharmacy workers they have a legitimate point, but I would think out of all the strikes, this one would be felt by um, the most people. Right. Do you know what we know? What's we went it? to Ferris State University and talked to folks there, and they've got more than enough pharmacists that they're pumping them <laughs> they're out ready like to go. crazy. <laughs> They'll, they're more than happy to fill those vacancies that are going to be created by more flexible schedules. They might be calling them early if this thing takes on, but it takes off. But yeah, today's supposed to be the last day of the three day walkout. So. Um, I think I think we're going to make make it through this round. You know, it, it, I, the other my other just aside is it, it really is disappointing to me when the dude from U of M stealing signs on the sidelines at CMU has better CMU gear than I do. Uh, right. Right. Wow. <laughs> and he's got fresher merch. Unconfirmed. <laughs> I, looks like a- to be honest, 
and uh, Renee and I were talking about this last segment. I hope it's real because this sounds like a like a plot from Saved by the Bell, like some kind of Zach Morris scheme to put on to to put on a really bad disguise. Renee pointed out he was wearing dark sunglasses at a night game. Good That's, point. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Uh... So Dive I, very much. I mean, this this story gets more and more. The allegations, like Jamie said, unconfirmed, are becoming more and more hilarious. And I, at least, I hope this part's true because I, it's just it's just so ridiculous. But he obviously went to the UC bookstore prior to the game because he had the latest and greatest stuff. Yeah, some good gear. Well, yeah. he's without a job, so if the price is right, you might be able to buy some of that uh, <laughs> central gear off him, guy. Yeah, because. <laughs> I got a feeling he's not going to be using it, uh, but that one time. JR Morning coming up next. Fire up chips. And it's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, Port Huron City Manager James Freed. It's going in front of the Supreme Court after blocking someone on his Facebook page. So the question is, is a public official violating someone's First Amendment rights if they block them from viewing their social media? Free talks to Guy, Lloyd, and Jamie on JR Morning. It is a provocative question that's going all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Your personal Facebook page, is it really yours? And can you block people from commenting on it if you find those posts to be caustic, unnecessary, uh, disturbing? And do you forfeit the right to do that if you are a city official or perhaps an elected official? That is the question up before the justices this morning when oral arguments begin in a case that started in Port Huron, Michigan. The Port Huron city manager blocked a very viral, venomous critic from his Facebook page. And now the question is, uh, does he have that right if he's talking about city business on that Facebook page? The Port Huron city manager is in Washington before this important court hearing. James Freed joining us live this morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Um, by the way, we recently visited your city and we're just blown away by uh, the improvements that have been made downtown. And I know that it's your hometown and you're mighty proud of that. I am. I actually uh, found out you were in town uh, on social media. I saw your post. Uh, so thanks for the uh invitation. <laughs> yeah, we wish we, we, we could. We should have had really, you. That's really yeah, yep. really generous of you guys. I have to come to the Supreme Court before you <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, it does get our attention. Uh, so i yeah, got to ask yeah. you, how were you using your Facebook page prior to this erupting? Was it mainly for personal stuff, or did you promote maybe some city activities, or did you talk about more political things on there? I talked about my dog, the raccoons that kept on getting in my trash, there's about 80 – I think we did, a, we did a whole analytics thing. Like more than 80% was purely personal, my dog, my kids, uh, my wife. Um, it just it – per, it was a personal Facebook page I've had since college. I mean I made that thing – I had this Facebook account since, oh, God, 2006, back when Facebook was just for college students. Mm -hmm. You know, Facebook went south when my mom was able to make an account. And so <laughs> – Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as my mom added me as a friend, I'd go, this is over with. <laughs> but, no, I've had it since college, and uh, it's just – I treat it like a personal Facebook page. Now, I travel around the country. I do speaking engagements. I speak to colleges and universities. I speak to trade associations. So I, I quickly maxed out the friends, people who wanted to follow our stuff. And 
around 2011, Facebook realized that a lot of like your coffee shop, your local businesses, they were all making Facebook accounts. So you remember like you wouldn't like your favorite coffee shop. You would add it as a friend. Well, in 2011, they allowed you to convert one-time conversion of your personal Facebook account to a page. And that's what I did. But I kept using it as my personal page. So in 2020, uh, I noticed someone posted three smiley faces, and it was really creepy, like very creepy. So because I get security briefings, you know, given my position, um, <clears throat> I realized this person was a convicted felon, multiple felonies. Uh, he's been in jail. I mean, we're talking that like a dozen times, like more than two dozen times incarcerated. Uh, and he had he was a stalker. He had stalked uh, men and women in our community. He had numerous personal protective orders against him that he violated and went to jail for. So this is a guy. Did not only did he have PPOs, but he violated them and went to jail for it. And I was like, ooh, I don't want that guy around my family. And so I I blocked him. Um, he'll claim it's about criticism, but let's be honest. I mean, as city manager, I get criticism every day of my life. Everywhere I go, if you like me or you don't like me. You'll tell me at the grocery store, you'll send me an email, you'll come to our council meeting, you'll call City Hall. There's a million ben- venues. And you embrace that as part of the job. It's what you need. You need to be plugged into what people are saying. Yeah. I mean, criticism is healthy. I mean, it's difficult. But as a government official, I need that feedback from my residents. I need to know uh, what we could do better, what they think we're not doing well. And the mayor and council rely on that. You know, I'm not elected. I'm appointed. I, I have seven bosses. I serve at the pleasure of the duly elected mayor and council of the city. Uh, so really, it's uh, I'm just an administrator, but yeah, I didn't want this guy around my family, so I blocked him, and uh, because of not what he said, but because of who he was um, and what he's done. Um, I, I have a lot of people who would give me criticism on Facebook. It was all him. And not only that, I had to block numerous accounts. He was using, admittedly under oath, numerous fake accounts, sophisticated fake accounts uh, to come after my family and me. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild, but here I am. Sitting outside Washington D.C. or outside the Capitol or the Supreme Court and getting ready to go in. Are you um, pretty confident ab- about uh, how the outcome will come? Because you had oh, two absolutely. lower counts, you had two lower courts who sided with you. Oh, absolutely! Because just think, just think of the consequences if our test, the duty and authority test, wasn't adopted. Think of the chilling effect that would have on 21 million public employees, school teachers, janitors, police officers, firefighters. The chilling effect. It would have on their right to free speech, their ability to communicate and talk to friends. I mean, it's just a chilling effect. I am very interested in this, uh, yes, James, because I have a personal Facebook page and I keep it private. I try to keep it just about my family. And then I have a public persona that's on Twitter. So did you ever think of making your personal page private to uh, avoid some of these problems? No. No, no, it's not my. It's not a, no part of my duty or authority is to maintain a Facebook page. Right. Right. I don't have to. I don't have to have a Facebook page, and I'm lazy. Okay. I want one page that I can post to my family and friends. Um, there's no reason to have two pages. I'm not. And you feel like you have nothing to hide. I'm sure. So you don't make it private. No, I, I'm okay. You want to see pictures of my dog and my raccoons and my trash and my kid? Go for it. Um, no, I, I, and I. You know, to be quite frank, I think it's important uh, that my friends and family are able to see what's going on in my life. And so, yeah. So you see this as chilling to your free speech rights, but this Kevin Linke uh, sees yeah. what you're yeah. doing as suppressing his free speech rights. That is a citizen in your town. He has a right to criticize. No, he believes. No, no, and no, if you're no, no. well, let, let no. me finish. He's, and so he's not my town. 
Well, okay, okay, but he lives he lives two cities away. He's kind of a gadfly, he, right? I mean, he's he, he yeah, he's yeah. kind of like an equal opportunity harasser. And, oh yeah, absolutely. And so, but he believes that if you're a public official, your Facebook page is part of the public forum. How is how is he wrong? Uh, because if you're a public official, you have a right. You have a right to engage in social media like any other American. Uh, just because I'm on, just because I'm a public official, I'm a public official during the day. But when I'm at home with my family and with my kids, I have the same rights as any other citizen. Uh, so he can come to the office and and read me out there. He can come to the council meetings and speak at public comment and tell me how horrible I am. He can write me a, a letter. He can send me an email. Uh, he can come to one of the public hearings. There's a million other forums, but my personal life and 